the MoneyWeb Crypto Podcast, where we discuss all things crypto-related. Your host, Kieran Ryan. South African software developer Khotatsu Ngako has created a way for Africans to send and receive Bitcoin without internet access. It's called Machankura, a slang term for money, and is a remarkable development enabling people without smartphones or internet to start transacting with Bitcoin. We previously spoke to Khotatsu about another project he was involved in, that's the translation of Bitcoin educational literature into Swahili, Zulu, Shona, and that was in 2021. That was an important foundational step in getting Bitcoin better understood across the continent. The next step was how to improve Bitcoin adoption across the continent for people who may not have smartphones or internet access and who do not have an account with a crypto exchange. I'm very happy to have Khotatsu back in the studio again to talk about what projects he's been up to more recently, including the translation of Bitcoin literature into these indigenous African languages. Welcome, Khotatsu. Good to have you back. Oh, thank you for having me once again. And this time you're in the studio. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you just got back from Kenya where you attended the launch of Machankura. How did it go? And tell us a little bit about Machankura and how you got onto that. Cool. Uh, the launch went quite well. Right? Um, we had quite a lot of uh, Bitcoiners from across Africa. East Africa, specifically Tanzania, Uganda, Kenya came out. And yeah, I went and one guy from Namibia was also in attendance. And it was just great conversations, right? So um, yeah, Machangura at its core is effectively trying to give everyone the ability to send and receive Bitcoin. So sadly, not everyone has a smartphone, um, and if they do, not everyone has access to the internet. And yeah, so um, everyone kind of uses USSD, well not everyone, but most people use USSD, which is um, a technology that works on the GSM um, uh, interface, which is on your cellular connection. That's unstructured supplementary service data, USSD. Basically, that's how you send text messages. Yes. So effectively using the same protocol that Mm -hmm. people use for text messages now to send Bitcoin. Yes. That's pretty remarkable Mm -hmm. that you've been able to do that. Is that a world first? No. Uh, Oddly enough, right? somebody did that in 2013, but I believe they were more interested in the on-ramp and off-ramp uh, aspects of it instead of the wallet aspects of it and so they shut it down I think after six months and yeah so now with um, the technology progressing a little more with Bitcoin uh, with the introduction of the Lightning Network things actually work better for people on mobile devices because it's more instant and there's no need to wait minimum 10 minutes for a uh, confirmation so who is this aimed at? I mean, if you're talking about people who don't have smartphones, do they even understand the concept of Bitcoin? How have you gone about? I mean, I can see that it ties in with your mm-hmm. translation of materials into mm-hmm. traditional African, indigenous African languages. Mm-hmm. But explain the next step then. How do you get them to understand the concept of Bitcoin and to use your system for, for sending and receiving Bitcoin? So, effectively, um, due to the Xenomia project, I had been sitting down and talking to people uh, about Bitcoin and introducing them to Bitcoin, even the more non-technical people. But the barrier has always been, oh, how do you then show a person? You know, um, In storytelling, I believe there's a saying, show, do not tell. 
because it's much more easier and quicker to show something and more interesting to show something than actually tell explaining it out and stuff so yeah it was always a barrier for me to actually show somebody how to send bitcoin yeah? there's interest uh, from a lot of people across the african continent because uh, bitcoin has been buzzing for the past 10 years uh, across the african continent either in a good light or a bad light but um the interest is there nonetheless so um, yeah i thought the need is uh, bigger to actually deliver a legitimate way for people to send and receive bitcoin and make it interoperable with all the other bitcoin wallets that are out there as well so most people who are getting into cryptos for the first time or to bitcoin they mm. would open an account with an exchange like luno or yes. vala uh-huh. and then of course you would have automatically a software wallet mm-hmm. there where you would be able to store mm-hmm. your bitcoin so how does this system work where a person doesn't have an exchange uh, an account with an exchange yeah so um, effectively on my side or they just create an account with a service Uh, and it is a custodial bitcoin wallet uh, but sadly and um, it's just a wallet it's not an on ramp is not an off ramp because a person without an internet connected device also is not in a position to use um an exchange account how exchange accounts are designed today where you give all these documents and stuff like that so what i have done is integrate a service um which is called asteco right that's a z t e c o and they effectively sell bitcoin vouchers so a person can go to the corner store buy this voucher and then redeem it via ussd in a similar fashion that a person would buy their airtime vouchers and redeem that via ussd as well so to them it's just oh i go to a store i take out money buy this voucher and then now i have uh, topped up my bitcoin balance Right so Azteco vouchers are they freely available in the corner stores in South Africa or around Africa in not freely right but um Azteco is working on a lot of integrations one they had was with one for you right sadly uh, they don't have it now but they're working on a replacement one uh, but if you go to Azteco's website there's um, buy a voucher option which shows you all the other options you will have in Uganda you can buy their voucher using mobile money and that is also ussd functionality and yeah so hoping that they have similar functionalities in south africa soon and that voucher comes in the form of a of a digital code yes a 16 digit code which you then store on your phone and then you can send and you can store and you can receive as well yes yeah you just redeem that and then that's about it There are communities of Bitcoin enthusiasts springing up across Africa. You can see this all over the place and it's happening quite fast. Mm-hmm. Quite a few in South Africa like Bitcoin Akasi and mm-hmm. Bitcoin Ubuntu. Is this how you see Bitcoin adoption taking off through small communities just mushrooming out? Yes, right. You always need a strong community base to actually adopt new technology right? whether the technology is internet whether the technology is facebook whether it's bitcoin in this case and communities like bitcoin akasi um provide like a test bed for a lot of companies a lot of developers go there to actually see how this thing could work in a real life setting um even think like um with when crypto convert uh, rolled out their um 
payment integration with pig and pay one of their first testers was the um, kids at bitcoin Agassi. and if it works for those kids it could literally work for everyone else so, same with me right um a lot of the features i have now were literally from what i saw in bitcoin Agassi and how they use the service right? and yeah so um, the other way though um i believe that uh, we get adoption is from a business side um, well, uh, entrepreneurs, to be more specific, because entrepreneurs can see the gaps, and then Bitcoin is just one of the best tools uh, an entrepreneur could use because it's a permissionless network, and everything they build uh, gives them access to a global uh, market. Uh, so, um, yes, you will get um, a strong community base from projects like Bitcoin Ekasi and Bitcoin Ubuntu, but then if you're an entrepreneur and you build something that works for these communities, then you can have a global audience as well. Now, you told me uh, previously that uh, you're actually getting paid in Bitcoin. In other yes. words, you, you've kind of gone off-grid, mm-hmm. the financial grid. You, you don't have RANDs. You're only trading and and receiving income in Bitcoin. Yes. Explain how that works. Yeah. So, our first step is, of course, finding someone who's willing to pay me in Bitcoin. Uh, and yeah, maybe it would have been harder uh, 10 years ago, but I think today it's quite achievable. Uh, since, well, even five years ago, it was quite achievable. And yeah, so then once I am paid in Bitcoin, the other thing is how do I then um, live on Bitcoin? Right? So f- in South Africa, we have quite a lot of companies working on this problem. And yeah, uh, with Machangur, I try to create that bridge as well because a lot of these companies are also internet facing. So a person without a smartphone may not be able to use their technology because they may not be able to access their website. So one of the biggest um, helpers in this regard is Bitrefill, who allows you to buy uh, gift cards uh, for a lot of companies, uh, Pick and Pay, Checkers, Cape Union Mart, um, Hi-Fi Corporation, and a few others, and also a fuel vouchers at Total. Uh, so you could fill up your car using um, the voucher, and you pay them uh, in Bitcoin. Right? And are these vouchers for, for example, if it's airtime, it's one separate voucher. Uh-huh. If it's Total, it's a different voucher. Yes. So you got a bit refill, and you can basically... <laughs> You can shop there, uh, or acquire your vouchers there, and then go to the retail store yes. and shop. Yeah, without ever having to transfer that into rent, right? And have you done this because, you know, as a matter of principle or because you feel that this is going to be the way of the future? Yeah, I feel like this is the future. Right? I feel like the future is already here. And yeah, so it's also more convenient uh, because, well, at the time I started doing this, we didn't see the um, need to not have counterparty risk. And I think today with what's happening in the banking industry where a person may have, uh, may need the ability to self-custody their own funds, where if your bank um, shuts down or goes out of business, you're only insured up to a certain amount. And after that, um, that money, no one knows how is that going to get settled. So, yeah, and I feel like if ever anyone is going to accumulate any type of wealth, having that ability to self-custody will be important. But if you still don't have the ability to use it on a day-to-day basis, you're still at a disadvantage. So, yeah, that's why I appreciate uh, services like CryptoConvert and Bitrefill because they deliver on a very important use case. 
Right, Crypto Convert, which was started by um, Carl. Carl, who and and that basically allows you to to on ramp and to off ramp uh, in, into crypto, right? Yeah, specifically off ramp, right? Yeah. So um, pay, um, buying electricity, um, buying at pick and pay, uh, using the QR payment option, mm. and yeah. So on the other side, what I do is I've uh, orange pilled my landlord. So or, get, orange pill it means convert him to Bitcoin. Right? Yes, mm. right. Uh, so um, I can pay my rent in Bitcoin, right? okay. and yeah. So it's also more convenient because with Bitcoin, whatever service my landlord uses, whatever wallet my landlord uses, I just say I send the payment and I give them the transaction ID and they can then track at any point in time how far along this transaction is versus a bank transfer where I can say I've sent the payment and either from my bank to their bank it's in the air and I wish or either me or them will not be in a position to say oh um, um, now I've received it until it's you know um, confirmed in uh, normal banking terms yeah so in essence you have become your own bank of course this is one of the great promises of Bitcoin is that you could become your own bank because Mm -hmm. you can self custody so you you are using your own wallet Machankura yes Uh, that's your Day to That's day where you custody, custody your Bitcoin. Uh-huh. And, and is that, uh, it, it doesn't really matter whether it's on a phone or you know, on a hard drive or mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah, okay. we also have a WhatsApp interface as well because um, the convenience. Okay. <laughs> and right, you previously, when you, we, we did speak to you maybe a, a year or two ago when mm-hmm. you were translating Bitcoin materials mm-hmm. into indigenous African languages. And I think at that time you maybe had three or four. There was a couple of Southern African languages. There was Shona, there was Zulu. Mm-hmm. Uh, tell us about that project and how it's going. Yeah, no, um, that project is going quite well. Right? Um, I think now we're on more than 15. Or I haven't uh, checked in a long time uh, because I've also been caught up with Machangura work. But yeah, it's going quite well. And one of the um, project we still have in progress for it is translating the Bitcoin standard into Swahili and that would be I think our third book translated on the platform third if not fourth book translated on the platform the first three are freely available and that's Learn Bitcoin um, by Anita Porsche uh, Block Size Wars by Jonathan Barr which if you want to understand what happened during the whole what was this um, block size increase uh, where Bitcoin Cash and Bitcoin Satoshi's vision got born that is a great book that covers the history and we translated that into so you translated the whole book yeah the whole book the Bitcoin standard no, not the Bitcoin standard, the block size wars. The block size wars. Uh-huh. Yeah, right, into Swahili and I think Zulu as well. And what was the third one? The third one is 21 Lessons by a guy called um, Dijiji, a German guy. Uh, and yeah, it just um, takes um, Bitcoin and splits it up into 21 lessons because, of course, there will only ever be 21 million Bitcoin. And yeah, uh, it's a, also a great book. And then now we're working on translating the Bitcoin standard into Swahili and hopefully you're going to have way more languages after that. And where is this available? So um, the website is exonumia.africa. You better spell that. Oh, it's E-X-O-N-U-M-I-A dot Africa. Okay. Exonumia. Yeah, exonumia. Dot Africa. Yes. All right. And 
Okay, so are there more languages being planned? You say 15. So does that include, have you got Arabic now? Yes, Arabic. Uh, you've got some of the West African languages. Uh, three in, in Ghana. Yeah. Right? Uh-huh. yeah. So ultimately, the goal of the project is to have every African language. Well, not every, but at least one language in every African country. Right? So, um, yeah, um, we had delayed adding French, but French is spoken in so many African countries that I think we are definitely going to be adding it as well. And, yeah, so... Um, the vision with that is for me to not need to be involved for things to keep rolling eh? mm-hmm. and yeah so if anyone wants to participate in those translations feel free to reach out and we'll see how it goes okay and tell us about yourself and your crypto journey because you started mm-hmm. off i think as a student at the university of uh, pretoria yes but you bailed out at some point and you uh, you orange pilled yourself yes effectively <laughs> right okay yeah so um, yeah i was studying computer science right i loved uh, the university of pretoria um I could safely say they taught me everything i know right um but um in my honors year right at the end of the year i as i was about to submit my re- honors report I felt as if like um, I was on autopilot and every decision was being made for me. Right? Like once you do this, do that. Once you do this, do that. Once you finish your degree, do your honors. Once you finish your honors, do your masters, so on and so forth. Right? So um, I also didn't feel like at any point I fully understood what, when, where was this going. Academia is weird. And I was also working at the CSIR um, because they were the ones who funded my studies. And so I got to see academia from both sides. Were you working with Karl Diacher? No, no, no. I don't think he was there yet. He Uh, runs the distributed uh, ledger technology. Yeah, he he wasn't there at the time. Okay. Uh, Or I think he wasn't there at the time. And yeah, so I was like, huh. Academia is quite weird. Um, so at the same time, we st- did a project on Bitcoin at the CSR. We wrote a report on it. And I was like, oh, um, it's such a multifaceted thing. But since the report was focusing on one aspect of it at the time, or which was uh, related to the scaling aspect of it, you, we totally ignored all the other facets like the economics behind it and what other effects that may have. Uh, so um, then reading books like the Bitcoin Standard where it went more into the economics of Bitcoin and how it um, can be an alternative to uh, central banks, which is the subtitle of the Bitcoin Standard. Um, I was like, oh, this is interesting. Yes, um, technically you can't have all the transactions in the world running on Bitcoin. But if all the central banks in the world just use Bitcoin as a layer to transfer um, um, value between each other, then it can almost scale to the rest of the world. And yeah, I wanted to explore that more, but I couldn't because that's how academia works. If the funding runs out, you stop. And yeah, so then... Not only did I decide, okay, cool, I won't be continuing with the student path. I was like, maybe I don't want to continue with the researcher path because, of course, if no one funds what you want to do, then you don't do it. 
Right? And yeah, so um, entrepreneurship was uh, for me uh, one of the things that seemed more interesting because then I could fully explore my interests. And of course, uh, the other interesting thing with entrepreneurship is if nobody finds what you're doing interesting, you starve to death. And so that was a cooler way, uh, a cooler heuristic to decide what to do. Uh, put my um, well-being and nutrition on the line. <laughs> and yeah, so um, I can safely say though that yeah, Bitcoin has been an interesting journey and I've learned quite a lot and I hope it continues like that. And of course you would have studied, uh, I think the Bitcoin standard, you're talking about the uh, Safadin Amos yes. book, yeah, uh-huh. um, which is really an exploration into money mm-hmm. as a subject and yeah. how Bitcoin solves many of the the choke points that mm-hmm. uh, he discovered or uh, let's say Austrian economics discovered mm-hmm. in the existing financial system. Exactly. Um, so you, you're completely off grid. You, you don't use RANDs. No. But um, sometimes I do, right? Like for today, you know, to get here on time, right? I use rands on the how um, train, right? okay. because of course someone needs to orange pill whoever selling the tickets to the train. Right. But until that happens, yeah. Okay, and so well, what is next for you? So just before we continue on that one. Mm-hmm. Um, much Kura, how many users have you got? How many countries is it in? I mean, I guess it's quite new. It's, yeah. it's just recently developed. So just give us a few stats around that. Yeah. So today we're sitting on over 8,000 users. Mm. Um, we are, for the USSD service, we are effectively in six countries now. Right? But since we enabled the WhatsApp integration last week, we are now in technically almost all the countries in the world that uh, have access to WhatsApp, except a few because... Uh, WhatsApp API is limited, so I don't want to um, enable it in countries where people could use a normal Bitcoin wallet, right? So, um, yeah, so that's effectively where we're sitting today. People might be concerned that, you know, WhatsApp is also a, a preferred means of scammers mm-hmm. getting a hold of your funds. Mm-hmm. So they would, would not want to know the security. Is mm-hmm. it safe? Yeah, so um, we do have a few security measures, right? Uh, the primary one is a person just setting up an authenticator, right? an OTP authenticator. So when you access the service, you then set up an OTP authenticator. And that would be how you verify that, okay, cool. Um, now accessing the actual Machangura service because the authenticator will be there for you. Right? And yeah, so a person who's more security conscious just locks their um, access to the service and requires that pin to be there every time they use the service. Right, what's next? What's what's next on the menu? Yeah, so um, over the next year, one thing, uh, the thing that we'll be heavily focused on is giving people the ability to self-custody even on feature phones. Right? So for me, this is the end goal. Right? And yes, um, now we're taking on lessons on how to onboard a person, right? but I believe that the technology is literally there. Even if it was self-custodial, a person wouldn't notice the difference that, oh, this is how I would do it, oh, this is how I would, I would register an account, so on and so forth. So over the next few months, um, we're hoping to deliver on that and deliver on that same experience as well. And one more time, how do people access this? 
Okay, cool. Uh, so Machangura, if well, of course, uh, main audience is in South Africa here, right? Yeah. So um, dial the USSD code star one three four star seven seven one four ash, or go to the website eight triple three dot mobi. That's eight three 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 dot mobi, and you should see the button that says WhatsApp Machangura if you wanna access it via WhatsApp. And yeah, I think that is the two main ways of accessing the service. Kotatsu, thanks very much for joining us on the Money Web Crypto Podcast. Thank you very much for having me. Until next time. Thanks for listening to the Money Web Crypto Podcast, hosted by Kieran Ryan. To listen to our other podcasts, go to moneyweb.co.za or the Money Web app and follow Money Web News for daily updates.